Soika is a retired, award-winning agriculture and environmental scientist. He's a writer of stories about the human spirit and human cultures in unusual and even fantastical circumstances. His published work has been variously described as science fiction, fantasy, and magical realism with a tendency to cross boundaries, blend cultures, and mix themes, time periods, and settings. Because writers frequently read things that inspire them to write more, there's a relationship between what they read and what they write. So we start the conversation there. Do you identify strongly with your style with any of the folks here on the oh, writers and editors? That you know, some spend? of the people that I like reading are like Paolo Bacigalupi. I just love his stuff. You talk about global warming, you know, and so much of his uh, world building and his scenarios uh, come from the, the dystopic view of the universe. I like Jack McDevitt. Um, he wrote a book that's called uh, Time Travelers Never Never Die. I think that's that's just one of the favorite sci-fi books I've ever read. It's just one of the best handlings of, uh, of time travel that, I, that I've read. Jack, if you're out there, send me a check. He's a lot of fun to read. He, he writes a lot of stuff, but that particular book is my favorite one of his. There's just so many great authors out there, and some of the emerging authors, too, are a lot of fun. Paul Bacigalupi also wrote a book about uh, running out of water. So you're from Missouri. How is that? I grew up in Montana, and I was the only kid in, in my in my peer group that read science fiction. So I was trying to like infiltrate or inculcate them into reading science fiction as well, which with with great success. So I'm actually from a lot of different places. I mean, I was born in Illinois. I grew up in Southern California. Oh, okay. I did uh, most of my education, early education, was in uh, Southern California. Then I went to Arkansas for a few years. I did a postdoc there. Uh, from there, I went to North Dakota for a couple of years. Taught at NDSU. Then I went to South Carolina. Joined the federal government in the research agency I wound up staying with for 30 some odd years, uh, Agricultural Research Service. I was in Florence, South Carolina. And then in 1986, I moved to Idaho, which is where I've lived most of the time, except for a year that I took off and lived in New Zealand with, uh, with my family uh, doing a research project down there in collaboration with another scientist named Dave Horn. He's a good guy. That was fun for me because it was also a little bit of time to kind of get back to, to writing. I guess I should explain too, my, my background bachelor's degree was in English, mm, and wow. I was a, a person that had to work for my college. I didn't get uh, any scholarships or anything like that. My, one of my part-time jobs uh, early on was working as a lab helper. The professor that I worked for, his name was Louis Stolze, really wonderful man. He just saw something in me that he liked, and he says, you know, you're wasting your time being a you know an English major. You're going to want to teach school, and everybody wants to do that right now. The Vietnam War was going on, and he was, he was right. I mean, I couldn't find a job. Everybody else you know, was going to get an English major, and everybody else wanted teaching jobs and advertising those were the two areas that everybody went into. So anyway, I just kind of fell into it.
that he hired me on as a, a lab tech. A whole bunch of complicated circumstances had to do with a reserve uh, duty and so forth and so on. But anyway, I was able to get into graduate school after a year or so. and took a whole bunch of audited classes to make up on things that I didn't have yet in my bachelor's degree. Got the degree done in about four and a half years. Started getting jobs and the rest was all history. In New Zealand, had a little bit more time. I was away from some of the pressure of, of sitting at, you know, at the desk at my lab in Kimberly, Idaho at the time. Rachel McAlpin is an author that was teaching some workshops there and that was the first, call it creative writing workshop that I ever took and first of a long string of them. <laughs> You know, it takes a lot of time out of one's free time, if you will, to do writing. So what's the draw? What's driving you to do that? There's something special about doing writing. Uh, it's it's painful sometimes, if you, especially if you're trying to bare your soul and really tell things that are buried deep inside. It's, it's painful just to keep on going through and try and make something work for you. And then when it does work, it just feels so great to see that you actually put it together and, you know, you can write the end and feel like, you know, wow, I accomplished that. And then the real sweet feeling is if you send it off and somebody likes it well enough to buy it from you. It's a way to talk to the world all at one time about things that you are thinking in your head that maybe would never get out otherwise. Mm -hmm. It's super. And this, the possibilities in sci-fi are, are just so big that uh, it's a little bit bigger stage. Although I do write some mainstream too, I still love sci-fi. However you found sci-fi thoughts, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other podcast aggregation services, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and do us a favor. Go to wherever you get this podcast and leave us a review, even clicking a few stars. And this will help out the show in many ways. Next episode, Bob tells us more about his fiction. I had a lot of work experience in Mexico and uh, Central and South America, Brazil, and, and even in New Zealand. And so I've used some of that to write cross-cultural stories. Uh,